Hey, it's time to start your day. Here's the cool part. You waking up with Chris Lawrence. Hey, what's cracking, y'all? It's your boy J-Rock, you know. Listen to my boy Chris Lawrence on the Chris Cast. It's Chris Lawrence. Welcome to the Chris Cast. Really appreciate you hitting play, yo. It is part two of Good Humans uh, this week. Second part with Jonathan Torrance. Let's give him a call. Let's see if he's awake. Good morning. Hi, is this Jonathan? It is indeed. Hey, how are you? I didn't even hear a ring. I'm that good. was it's just my my casual Friday morning voice. Nothing affected about this whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. <laughs> I feel like I'm calling myself at work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how you doing, How's man? Going, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for asking. Okay, man, let's jump right back into it where we left off last week. You played a lot of really layered, rich, funny, full characters, most notably Mr. Cheely from Mr. D. Of course, J-Rock, the beloved J-Rock from Trailer Park Boys, two very different characters. On the surface, they're very different, but I, I've always been drawn to characters that are overconfident and underqualified. Right, right. Cheely and J-Rock have that in common for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so that, that that's where I'm going next. You knew I would. So my son and I... Uh, our favorite episode of TPB, Trailer Park Boys, uh, is when J-Rock is taking flack for his Noam Sands. Yeah. It's like, just so, so, so funny. Was was a lot of that, uh, was it all scripted? Was it partially improv? Was it any of it improv? I mean, I, I had one, I was on one episode of Trailer Park Boys, but, you know, I'm just a day player, so, you know. In yeah. the, oh, who did you play? I just, I just had played a cop in uh, season 10, I think. Smurfs, liquor, right. liquor Smurf. Yeah, right. The little guy. uh, Mr. Leahy was uh, blue from lying in the hot tub. Yeah, exactly. Um, Huh. Trailer Park Boys always had, in the early seasons especially, um, surprisingly tightly written scripts because the network wanted to see what the plan was. And after um, Clattenburg earned trust and buy-in from the network like seasons three and four, We'd do a couple of takes per the script and then start improvising. So there was always a pretty strong roadmap. But the funniest moments in, you know, especially if you're doing 20 takes of something, because the doc-style camera wants to feel spontaneous, so you have to change it up. Um, That was always the best stuff when we tried to make each other laugh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I absolutely. Spontaneous moments are always better than any joke that's written in the script. Absolutely. Anything. I mean, it's like life. Anything that becomes that comes from you know organicy <laughs> from, yeah. an, from an organic place is usually going to be more fun, more true, more funny. Whatever the situation. No, I totally know what yeah. you mean. So let me ask you then. Um, weird question. What's the one gig that got away? Wow. What, or good was there question. one? Um. Uh, there, well, there there were. There were a couple, I guess. I, it was down to me and one other guy for a nightly talk show on CNN at one huh. point. And he was political and I was uh, funny in quotes and I couldn't decide which way they wanted to go. And then the head of programming for CNN was fired and it just went away. Really? That would have been a different turn for sure. Um, that really would have been different, yeah. You know the uh, Joel McHale show? Yep. It was on... Talk was Soup? Not the Joel McHale show, but... Yeah, Talk Soup. Yeah. I auditioned for that, too. That that felt like it would have been a good fit for me. I think it would have been a very good fit for you, yeah. In fact, and you, I, yeah. I got close, but it, it didn't get it, obviously. And, and uh, I guess my only conclusion is that I wouldn't change anything about where I am at this very 
moment. Right. So everything works out exactly how it's supposed to, whether you can see it at the time or not. You know, it's funny because uh, the one that got away from me was, and, and I hesitated to tell you about it, but I'm going to, is uh, it came down to me and the guy who got it for <laughs> the host of uh, The Bachelor Canada. And no way. <laughs> true story. Yeah. At least Noah that. At least. Cape? Noah Cape. You wow. Noah, you know, was I never watched Noah it. Fan. What's his name? I I don't know because I never watched it. After I didn't get it, I got. I, full disclosure, totally transparent. I was so upset, and I've never even seen the show. But it came down right. according to the powers of be between me and him. And yeah, that's just the way it is. So that wasn't the one that got away. It's more like at the time, you know, at the time you're like, oh man, and then afterwards you're like, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> Well, I think it's just fine because they did one season in which he was involved and they did a second season in which he was dialed way back. Right. And I think that's such a well-known franchise. I mean, coming from the guy who did Wipeout Canada, I said no three times because my feeling was does the fact that someone's falling is from Moose Jaw make that innately funnier to a Canadian than a better fall on a bigger course on the American version. My feeling was no. Right. But um, for whatever reason, they seem to feel like, yes, it would be. So I would argue if you're the host of Bachelor Canada, all people are doing is holding you up to Chris Harrison. True story. Like, what is the long play there? True, Exactly. True story. And again, you know, I <laughs> for somebody like me, it's like, I just want the gig. <laughs> you know, I just... It, well, yeah, of course. And, yeah. and don't get me wrong. I, I am not throwing shade at Noah. No, no, if no. If you are making a living in this business in Canada, you've already won. Right, exactly. Um, and I used to be a lot more punkish and critical in my 20s about jobs that people took and whatever. Now I just think, man, you're making a living. Good for you. Yeah, right, exactly. If you can carve out a living with all things you know, kind of culminating together, then yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, question on that note, like a lot of us, you chose to stay here on the East Coast and given the climate for actors, and not just actors, the business in general, um, can I ask why? Well, I was in LA for seven years, um, so I did answer that what-if question, and I worked and I made friends and I really liked it there, but it just wasn't home. Right. And I made a lifestyle choice to move back. And the the thing that I like here is that in the States, and I I suspect in Toronto, um, in this business, you need an agent, you need a manager, you're waiting to see if that producer heard from that director or if the casting director can get through on your behalf or whatever. This just eliminates all that BS being here. Cost of living is better. I like space. I like having balance in my life, which I can achieve here. Yeah. Um, I like that I can do a bunch of different things. Like been writing some letter kennies. I can do that in my kitchen, um, do Taggart and Torrance from home. I do some corporate work in the States and my family comes with me as often as possible. Um, we have this trailer business where we rent trailers to movies and TV shows on the side. Oh, cool. I didn't know um, that. Yeah. So I can, I can eke out a living through a combination of things that keep me engaged and stimulated but I'm not um, giving all my power over waiting to hear back yeah. whether I got three lines on coroner. <laughs> right, exactly. And you know what? For, for some people, that is what gives them oxygen and gets them fired up. For me, it's not really. The truth is I, I am not, I'm not really an actor. One thing that I've struggled with is what, what to call myself. Right. I, my, my conclusion is 
and I, I've only arrived at this in the last year after doing this for 30 years. I'm kind of a host. I'm sort of a sketch guy. I'm not a stand-up. I'm not really an actor, but I've done some of it. My best virtue is that I can kind of do a bunch of things. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, that's how you survive in the business. Same over here, right? I mean, radio radio was my B job and it became my A job because it pays the bills. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean, you know, it is show business. You do have to yeah. uh, understand the business side to keep it going. And, you know, it's the same with writing. When I was younger, I used to think, oh, man, you know, you, you can't set hours to write. If you bolt up right at three in the morning because you're inspired, that's when you have to do it. That's just the job. But the truth is, as life changes and your priorities shift, you have to make a job of it. You Absolutely. have to carve out specific hours and work at your craft and, you know, figure uh, out how to pay your taxes. And you are yeah. self-employed and you are a traveling salesperson and the product you're selling is yourself. Yeah. And when people say, we don't want to buy that product, you have to find a way to not let your feelings be hurt. Right, yeah. Not, not carry it around with you. Yeah, not carry it around with you. No, absolutely. So you have kids. I have ki- I have kid. Uh, would you be okay with uh, your kids going into this business specifically? Yeah, sure. I mean, this business is evolving and shifting and changing, so I don't even really know what this business is. Right. Seeing it through their eyes, they watch or used to a set of hands opening kinder eggs on YouTube and it has 70 million views. Right. Like, I, I don't know what that says about where it's headed, but, um, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't, uh, stop them from doing anything that they had their heart set on. Yeah. My, my, uh, luckily my kid has no interest. He's 17 and he's a musician and he plans on being Perfect. a professional musician. And, you know, at one point I was like, oh man, he's going to live the same life that I'm living, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, no, that's okay. What, why would I care about that? You know what? You got to follow the dream. You got to follow the dream. Well, yeah. I mean, as, as a freelancer, sometimes the future is uncertain, but I always fall back on life would be pretty boring if you knew exactly what was going to happen. Right. And when I imagine myself working in, an office job where I have two weeks a year vacation and I get a 2% raise every three years Right. work at the same place every day. That, that actually makes me feel claustrophobic. Yeah. So I would take the uncertainty any day. Yeah. I threw up a little but bit in my not mouth. not for everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. It's not. No, it's really not it's because there is so much uncertainty. But like you said, the whole, you know, cubicle four walls. I mean, you know, I'm throwing up in my mouth. Okay. It's time to play. Would you rather, would you rather work as a gynecologist or would you rather work as a urologist? <laughs> Wow. I know, it's a tough one. That took a turn I didn't see coming. Yeah. Um, boy, I, am I allowed to say neither? You know what's funny? No. I As I wrote it, I was like, I would take a pass on that. <laughs> yeah, game show rule style. I'm going to say pass. Yeah. Not because either of those uh, are not noble professions. They're, they're both highly skilled trades. I just don't know that I'm the type of person who would bring... Uh, the right skill set either. <laughs> right. Okay. Eat pizza every day for a year or never eat pizza again? Every day for a year. No problem. Right. Easy. Scorsese or Hitchcock? Scorsese. True that. Have a toenail fungus for the rest of your life or one pimple a week for life? Probably pimple a week. I suspect the toenail fungus is malodorous. I'm here to tell you that you'd rather the pimple a week. Oh, too much well, information. I have a bad nail. It got removed when I was 25. My doctor thought I had gout. 
And now I just have a nail that's like really dry and it's really embarrassing when I'm at the beach. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. You want to hang up now? No, 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 no. It's not like that. No, no, no. It just grew back kind of weird. Uh, it's not, it's not as bad as my, my wife says it's not that bad, but I'm, you know, whatever. I'm narcissistic. Yeah, that's her job though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She's probably lying. Totally lying. Millie Vanilli or Minnie Ripperton? Millie Vanilli. (gasps) I worked at an all-you-can-eat lobster restaurant on a converted from a ferry that was parked beside the ferry terminal in Halifax. And we bumped Millie Vanilli pretty hard that summer. Yeah. So I have some fond memories. I I felt bad for how it went down for Rob and Fab. I know. R.I.P., right? I think Vanilli has passed away now. Well, you know the super group that I am hoping for? Millie Vanilla with Vanilla Ice and the guy that's left over. And 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 Fab, I think, yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be amazing. We should pitch that Millie as a Vanilla. show. <laughs> Millie Vanilla. <laughs> I love it. Fleetwood Mac or Greta Van Fleet? Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, good call. Good call. For sure. Okay, so the Taggart and Torrens tour is, is firing. You guys are going on a long rip real soon. Yeah, we're in uh, BC next week. And then a little bit of a break because I have some other stuff to do. And then the end of February, we pick it up in uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba. Okay, so, and if people are in BC and they happen to uh, be catching this, uh, where, where, where can people buy tickets? Can they buy them online? Tagantorrents.ca slash tour or tour, as we see in the Maritimes. We are in Nanaimo, Victoria, Vancouver, and Penticton. Very nice, sir. Very nice. Yeah. And finally, uh, do you have a dream collaboration with anyone? Boy, I'd say um, I came pretty close to it this summer working with the Letter Kenny Crew in Sudbury. Nice. That was um, that was real big fun because that show has the spirit and swag of Trailer Park Boys in the early days, and um, I'm always looking for uh, buzz that is different from anything I've done before. And I got to play a Mennonite guy with a big underbeard. It was big fun, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you killed it. I haven't seen it, obviously. Is, when Has it aired yet? Yeah, well, it, it, uh, it's part of the new episodes that came out on Christmas Day. Okay, on Christmas Day. Okay, I'll, I'll make sure I get to that. I saw the pictures of it. Yeah, it looks sure. It looks great. It looks really good. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm as I said, I'm going, I'm going out to BC uh, just after you're there. Uh, to Vancouver specifically, and uh, I'm hoping to find your book, Canadianity, Tales from the True North Strong and Freezing. I'm hoping to get it for my trip. Nice. Yeah. Please do. I will. If you uh, have no luck finding it, I can probably track down a copy for you. Jonathan Torrens, you're a delight. You're, you're, you're a gentleman, and uh, I mean that sincerely. I, I really do. Uh, I wish you all the success in the world, and uh, I truly think that you're one of the funniest guys uh, in our business. So so thanks for coming on the wow. Cast. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you asking. Hey, what's cracking, y'all? It's your boy J-Rock. You know, I'm here you listen to my boy Chris Lawrence on the Crayos. Crayos.